You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. So glad to be back. I know it's kind of been a while. I I took a few weeks off because um, I'm in the middle of like a transition season in my business. So I wanted to chat a little bit about that and tell you what I've been up to. And then today's episode is going to be perfect for you if you are newly engaged or if you think that you're going to be getting a ring over the holidays. So this episode is all about the things you need to know before you start wedding dress shopping, even though I know you cannot wait to start wedding dress shopping. (laughs) Before I get into uh, this episode, let me tell you a little bit about what has been going on behind the scenes. So this is kind of a transition season for me uh, within my business. So in the spring and summer, I know I've mentioned this before, that is our very clear wedding season here in Washington state. And when the weather changes, so does our wedding season. (laughs) So as the rains come and this past weekend, it's been really, really windy and blustery and, um, like definitely experiencing like true fall right now. Uh, the weddings kind of fall away and um, we, we kind of hibernate for a few months. <laughs> so some brides do venture out and plan um, like a winter wedding or like a fall wedding, but especially now with COVID, it's hard to plan an indoor event which is something that'd be necessary for a fall or winter wedding. So when I first started bridal alterations, and I, I was noticing this kind of ebb and flow and a dramatic drop off of uh, winter weddings. I knew that I wanted to have another um, plan in place so that I wouldn't lose income when you know, weddings take a break. Um, that, and also I love the idea of having like variety in my business and doing, you know, this type of creation for the first half of the year and this type of creation for the second half of the year. So I love having um, the variety. And um, for the fall and winter months, um, when I step away from brides, I really focus on the retail part of my business. And that is um, hand knits and flannel scarves and flannel accessories. So I have a team of women who knit with me. We build the inventory throughout the year. And then probably starting October, we attend a local markets and pop-ups and artisan markets, and we sell these hand-knit items and, and flannel goodies. And it's just so fun because it's like a completely different business. You know what I mean? And I meet different kinds of people at these markets and these pop-ups. And it's just, I, I think just my personality too. I love to have that variety. So if you are listening as a bridal seamstress and you're like, oh, I kind of like the idea of having two separate business strategies, I would love to chat more about this. Um, but also that explains why I needed a little break from the podcast because I was figuring things out during this transition time. So um, even here at my shop, I hosted a pop-up, was it just last weekend? Yeah. And I had um, four other businesswomen here set up their booths with their cute business items. And I had my knit stuff in the corner and then people came by and shopped and it was a really fun weekend. So that was a lot of planning, but I feel like now everything's kind of settling down. So I'm ready to record again. And I have some great interviews scheduled that I'm super excited about. Um, I have women from around the country who I'll be interviewing um, and hearing their perspective as bridal shop owners, as fellow seamstresses. I have a couple of brides I'll be interviewing. So really excited for what's to come. But today, today's episode, like I said, is perfect. If you are 
um, you're thinking that you're going to be engaged soon or um, you're newly engaged, this information is going to be so helpful for you. And I don't know if you know this, but the holiday season, like starting like, you know, November through New Year's is the busiest time or how should I wear this? Um, yeah, the busiest time of year for engagements. So you are pretty likely to become engaged. If you're expecting that ring, you know, um, Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas time might be the time where you get that blank. So I'm hoping that for you, <laughs> especially if you're like anticipating it. I know that's where um, I was before my husband and I were engaged. Actually, we were just engaged 10 years ago yesterday. So we just celebrated our little engagement anniversary. And I know that like, you know, probably the six months, maybe more eight months leading up to when I actually got my ring, I was expecting every date to end in an engagement. So <laughs> maybe you're in that same boat where you're like, okay, is this the night? Is today the day? Is he finally going to propose? Um, yeah. And I made sure that I had my nails done and, you know, I was ready for like eight solid months. So when it finally came, Oh, I was ready. And back then, like I didn't have Pinterest. I had a binder. So I remember like whipping out the binder that night and like going through all my photos and all my plans. And yes. So if you are anticipating a ring, I hope that your wishes come true this holiday season. And once you get that ring, one of the first things you're going to want to do is start shopping for your wedding dress, right? Or your wedding outfit. If you're going to wear a cute pantsuit, which I'm all about that new trend, but we can talk about that more later. Um, so if you, uh, are tempted to start shopping for your wedding dress right off the bat. This episode is to encourage you to take a deep breath and uh, plan a few other steps, make a few crucial decisions before you start shopping for your wedding dress. Because if you start shopping for the dress, you know, that's the first thing you do. And then these other decisions are made later. You end up kind of being in a space where you could regret the dress that you initially buy. So I have a uh, I think there are six tips here to go through. And if you are a visual person, you want to see this, I have this as a PDF and you can go to show notes and you can download this PDF. So I'll have that available for you. Okay. So the first thing that you want to do before you start wedding dress shopping is capture your bridal vibe in just one word. So what I mean by capturing your bridal vibe is think about how you want to feel on your wedding day. So do you want to feel beautiful? Do you want to feel romantic? Do you want to feel chic? Um, do you want to feel fashion forward and confident? I'm not a very fashion forward person <laughs> in general. So the thoughts of wearing this, you know, trendy cutting edge gown kind of terrifies me because I feel like I don't know if I could pull it off, but if you are that kind of bride, then more power to you. If you want to be the chic bride, uh, maybe you want to feel sexy on your wedding day, or maybe you want to feel strong and confident. So think of how you want to feel as you're walking down the aisle. Think of how you want to feel when you're posing for pictures or when you're standing in front of your friends and family, it's really important to focus on the feeling rather than focusing on how you want to look in the dress. Because when you start trying on dresses, you know, we as women are very hard on ourselves. We're hard on our bodies and what we see in the mirror. And we're going to be so focused on how we look in the mirror. Oh, I don't like the way, you know, my chest looks kind of weird or like, I feel, and yes, we're going to get to that later. You know, that you, you also want to have a, a 
an eye as you're shopping for your own gown. But if you're so focused on the way you want to look, it can kind of become like an unhealthy obsession as you're shopping for the dress. Does that make sense? So I would instead focus on the feeling that you want to have while you're inside that dress. And that feeling is so much more telling and, um, it's, it's just more critical to your decision-making. It's, um, how do I want to word this? Not critical to, to your decision-making, but, um, I think, Oh, it's more honest. There we go. The way that you feel is going to be more honest than the way that you perceive the way you look. So think of how you want to feel in your dress. And that is going to be your bridal vibe. That's going to be so helpful when you're shopping, because then you can tell your bridal stylist, I really want a dress that I feel strong in. So they might pick out dresses that have you know, maybe emphasize your strong shoulders or have more of an athletic cut. Or if you say, I really want to feel like a whimsical fairy bride. And that's the thing. I feel like those are like very valid adjectives for brides. Then they might bust out this, um, like dress that, that features a tool skirt or maybe some, uh, uh, applique flowers or more texture on the dress. So if you kind of think of a word that you, that identifies how you feel or your bridal vibe, that's going to help you as you shop for the gown. The next thing that I want you to consider is your complete bridal budget or your complete bridal gown budget, I should say, because if you go into a a shop and you're like, okay, I want to spend, you know, $2,000 on a dress. Well, you may walk away with a $2,000 dress and then you're going to need to spend about $900 or, you know, $1,000 on alterations in addition to that $2,000 dress. So if you have a complete budget, the max number of dollars that I want to spend on my dress total is $2,000. And then that means you may want to purchase a gown that's $1,000, and have that cushion for your taxes, for your steaming of the gown, for the alterations. So everything that you need to pay for for the gown itself will stay under $2,000. Um, that's also going to help your stylist know how much you're going to want to spend on alterations. So they won't pick out a dress where you'll need to add sleeves or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of these pretty drastic things an illusion back, or, you know, they'll, they'll find gowns that may have lower alteration tickets as well, but you are going to be helping your stylist. You're going to be helping yourself. If you are very honest with yourself about how much money you want to spend total on the whole dress. So as I mentioned before, that's the dress itself, the alterations, the steaming, you know, the taxes, whatever, if you want to have your dress preserved, generally that's an extra like $250. So, um, so give yourself a, a healthy, honest, <laughs> uh, takeaway of your, um, dress budget before you start shopping. And it's so important to have that budget established before you step foot into a bridal shop, because there's nothing worse than kind of feeling like, Oh, I, I don't really know about a budget. You know, I, maybe I could stay under 5,000. And then when you get to the register, you're like, Oh my gosh, no, I really do not want to spend this much money on a dress. And then you have all those great feelings and emotions and you feel frustrated. So it's best to be honest with yourself and be honest with your stylist before that appointment gets too far. Like meaning before you get in the car to go to the appointment. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the next thing I want you to consider before you start shopping for your wedding dress is to remember what makes you feel confident in your body. Okay. So I already talked about how we're 
pretty critical of ourselves. And most of us are, as we look at ourselves in the mirror, especially if we're wearing clothing that we don't normally wear, like a formal gown, right? So if you can think of the things about you that make you feel confident and have those items be your leading thoughts um, or your focus as you head into these appointments, rather than I really want to dress to, um, you know, hide my tummy area, or I really want to find a dress that covers my arms, um, or, you know, the back of my arms, or um, I, I want to make sure that my dress is really supportive because I have like a really big bust. Okay. If you go into your appointment, focusing on those negative items, those are going to be the things that you are so drawn to and so critical of with every dress you put on. So I would encourage you to make a list of things that make you feel confident about yourself. It can be, oh, I love my hair. I really like my freckles. Um, I I have great strong shoulders and that makes me feel really confident. Um, I like the way my butt looks, you know, like it's, it's okay to have these things that you know, make you feel confident and um, own those things. I think that's pretty empowering. And again, knowing that you can take that information to your stylist and they can choose dresses based on the parts about you that you like. So even when I have brides come to me for alterations, they fill out um, an information, you know, like a, a questionnaire that I have for them on my website. And one of the questions is, um, what is the first thing you want your friends and family to notice about you when you walk down the aisle? And that is a very telling question because it tells me what they love about themselves. And, um, most brides say, Oh, my smile. I want them to see how excited I am. Um, so think about things that you, and it, you can absolutely have your smile be that item. The thing that you like love about yourself, or that makes you feel more confident is, um, your face. It doesn't need to be your body. It can like literally be the hair in your head or your smiling face. And, um, you'll be focusing on that as you try on the dress. And then your, your stylist is always, is also going to pick out dresses that, um, that emphasize, okay, Oh, this, this dress has a beautiful low back. So if you have your hair down and styled, your hair is really going to be a focal point. If you love your long, beautiful hair, or, um, if you have a dress that has more sparkles up top and that's going to sparkle up your earrings and then, you know, just bring more light to your face. I mean, stylists are so good at their job, but you're going to be helping them by telling them, what you love about yourself. I know that kind of feels weird. Like you're like, I don't want to talk about what I like about myself, but that is going to be so helpful. And it's more helpful for them to know what you do like than to have somebody come in and be like, okay, I don't like my butt. I don't like how big my boobs are. I, my stomach is gross. I don't like my arms. Like it's really hard for them to serve somebody who has that critical eye over themselves. Right. So, um, your, your stylist will thank you later for that one. And that also goes with your bridal vibe, right? So if we go back to that first tip, that first thing you want to establish is your bridal vibe. How do you want to feel? And what about you do you want emphasized in that dress? Okay. The next um, tip is super critical and it's kind of hard to um, to make this decision. But, and I I think actually that we've had a whole episode based on this. I think, um, yeah, um, Lauren from Something Blue, we talked about, how to choose your shopping team, your dress shopping team wisely. So that was a whole episode. She gave really great insight of things that she's seen and learned and how she encourages brides to choose their shopping partners. So I'm just going to touch on this one a little bit, but, um, you have, um, 
you do have the right, <laughs> even though sometimes we think that we don't, you have the right to choose who you want to go with you dress shopping. And this is a perfect example of, um, you know, what is that phrase? Too many cooks in the kitchen, right? You want to bring all your friends and, and your entire bridal team, all your bridesmaids and your mother-in-law and your mom and your aunt. And then, you know, your, your, your fiance has this friend that you don't really know, but they really want that friend to be there. So you invite them to, and then there's just way too many opinions, too many voices in that very small dressing room. And it can be super overwhelming, right? Um, so you want your voice to be the most important voice of the appointment and to carefully select who you invite, because um, sometimes brides have this idea that they need to invite somebody who is going to be honest and tell them like it is. And if they don't like the dress, you know, I want you to tell me you don't like the dress if you don't like the dress. Like, okay, you are already going to have that in like anybody that you bring, because people are going to be honest with you and you're going to be honest with yourself and your bridal stylist is going to know the look on your face. If you're like, oh, I'm not really into this dress. So you do not need to worry about bringing somebody who is going to lay down the law and tell you not to get this dress. Like that's definitely like a reality TV thing, but it's not something that has to happen in real life. So don't go out of your way to look for those kind of people to bring to your appointment. Now, some of you may have the opposite problem and you're like, oh my goodness, my mom is that person. Or, you know, my mother-in-law is that person and I've got to invite her, you know, I understand. And so, and that can be a very sensitive topic. And I'm not saying don't invite your mom to go dress shopping with you. Or if you have a best friend who can be a little um, uh, too honest, you know, and you're a little bit anxious about, uh, not inviting them or inviting them, I would just have a conversation before you even start shopping with whoever that voice is. You know, you have to invite them to the appointment, but um, you know, you just want them to kind of have a buffer. Explain that to them and say, this is what I'm looking for. I really want this to be a fun, relaxing experience. And I would really love your encouragement. You know, if you have strong feelings about the dress, um, if you could kindly keep them to yourself and maybe um, you know, uh, if you have to say something, concentrate on saying it nicely. I mean, you can come up with a spiel to say, but I think the fact that you'd even bring that up to someone would kind of raise that red flag in their minds. Like, oh yeah, I gotta be nice during this appointment. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you have the right to invite who you want to invite, but if you're stuck in that hard place where you're like, actually, I don't have a right because <laughs> I can't uninvite my mom, then I would just have a little conversation with your mom and, um, intentionally invite people to the appointment who want you to be the center of the appointment and have fun and who love you and um, people who will um, just encourage you in the way that you look. And maybe even before you go to the bridal shop, if you're going to do lunch or get together before you meet at the bridal shop, just make that comment. Like, I'm already feeling a little self-conscious, guys. You're not just say it. They'll be nice to you. Feeling a little self-conscious. I'm already feeling a little stressed about this really big decision. So I totally appreciate your support. And, um, you know, if you have really strong feelings about a dress that I love as hard as it could be, like you keep it to yourself because this is such a big decision for me. And I'm already feeling a little anxious about it. I don't know. Those little chats can go a long way as opposed to like biting your tongue and then hoping all goes well. And then it doesn't go well. <laughs> so um, choose your dress team wisely. And, you know, um, I would think, um, like I mentioned before, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Like 
the bigger the group, then the louder the voices, the more voices, and it's just not fun anymore. So um, I would, I think Lauren, when we had our podcast episode, she said the max number of guests should be four, but I hear a lot from bridal shop owners that ideally it's great just to have two people. So, you know, bring that person who like, there's no way you can't invite them. And then, you know, bring a bonus person. If you can keep it under four, that's perfect. If you can keep it at two or three, even better. So remember that your voice though, is the voice that matters. And it's, it's kind of hard to claim that, isn't it? And it's hard to like hold yourself to that (laughs) and hold your friends to that. Okay. You know, this next tip actually should have been the first on the list, but I wrote it in a weird order. So the first thing you should do, honestly, is book your date and your venue before you even start thinking about dresses, because your date, the time of year that you get married is going to be so critical to your entire, your entire bridal style and, um, your colors, your whole vibe, like everything's going to, you know, if you're planning, um, an August wedding, you don't want to get a dress that has long sleeves or, you know, is this heavy drapey material. You want something kind of light or you want it to, you want the dress to reflect the season. So, um, keep those things in mind, the, the date, and then the venue is equally important because your venue really sets the tone for, um, like the, um, not the dress code, but kind of, yeah, the dress code of your wedding. If you're getting married in around here, we have so many really cute barns, like wedding barns that have been, um, refurnished and they're, you know, that cool rustic feeling. Um, but they're pretty, you know, casual. So most of the weddings that I've gone to at barns, they're not necessarily, none of them have been like black tie. You know, I wear like a cute sundress and, you know, my husband wears his cute khakis and whatever button down, but it's, um, it's still pretty casual. And so your dress can also reflect if you get married in a cute barn, if you get married at like a really chic, um, a chicer venue or a venue that requires black tie, then you want your dress to be even more elevated. Does that make sense? So I'm thinking in Olympia, Washington, we don't really have <laughs> like super chic venues, but I know in the Seattle area, absolutely. And so once you book your venue, that's going to give you the vision of how you want the complete wedding to look, what you want your style to be. And that's going to tell you you know, you'll have that in the back of your mind as you're shopping for dresses. Like, is this really going to fit in the setting of the venue? Is this style going to fit at the time of year that I'm getting married? So book your venue and your date. And another thing too, is if you, um, buy your dress before you book your date or your venue, you may be getting married like farther out than you initially thought. And then you're buying a dress super early. So this happened to a lot of my COVID brides, obviously not intentionally, they had to cancel their initial wedding date. And then you know, choose new dates and a couple of brides, they were like, okay, I want to actually get a different dress because it's been, you know, three years now since I got engaged and bought my dress and I want a new dress. <laughs> so even if you're not dealing with a pandemic by the time you purchase your gown, I think it's really important to have a date in a venue to match the season, match the, um, the dress requirements of the, of the venue. And also just to make sure that you still like the dress by the time you get married in case you have a longer engagement than you initially thought you would. The last tip that I have, Oh, I actually have two more tips. Sorry. The next one is to know, to trust your gut. Okay. Um, Oh, there's so many great examples of this one, but, um, I, sometimes I can't believe how many brides I see that purchase more than one dress. Okay. It'll kind of blow your mind. Like 
you know, dresses, we all know they're not refundable. So once you buy them, once you order them, you don't get any money back. Um, yet brides, they'll take the dress home and then they get all these regretful feelings. They feel super weird. They want to take the dress back and then, you know, spend an extra $2,000, $3,000 on a new dress and they don't get that money back. Even if you sell it on, you know, Facebook marketplace or take it to a consignment shop, it's like, you're never going to get that money back. And um, so many times there's just this tiny voice in the bride's mind, like the back of her mind saying, Ooh, and then she bought the dress anyway, right? And then she takes it home and she's like, okay, this is the wrong decision. So knowing your gut and, and trusting that voice, because if you have any insecurity or any weird doubt, when you have the dress on in the dress shop, those feelings are not going to go away when you're ready to walk down the aisle. If anything, those feelings are going to become even stronger because you're like, oh my goodness, now everybody is literally watching me in this dress. And any small insecurity that you have in the dress is going to be like, magnified as you're ready to walk down the aisle. So I would really tune into yourself. And that's where, you know, having a smaller crowd is really going to help you too, because you're not going to have all of those voices talking over you. You need to have just that quiet moment with yourself to know, is this really it? Um, Only you know what parts about you make you feel super insecure no matter how much other people say, Oh my gosh, you look great. Oh my gosh. It's awesome. Like for me personally, I have like serious insecurities about my back. So I have like freckles and moles all over my back. Okay. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm just telling all of you, but I am like, Ooh, the thought of a backless dress just, or even like a low back, um, open back, anything just freaks me out. And I know that you know, like, of course my husband's like, Oh my gosh, they're so cute. Your freckles are so cute. And nobody's going to tell me, Oh yeah, actually it is. Yeah. Hide those things. Nobody's going to say that, but I know what about me makes me feel like a little insecure. So I'm not going to buy a dress or anything. Even like when I buy like cute summer shirts, I don't like buying shirts that have open backs, you know, those like square neck back tank tops, whatever, because I'm like, Ooh, I just feel a little subconscious. So, you know that about yourself and nobody can talk you out of it, whether it's your bridal stylist or your family or your friends, whoever's with you. Um, if you have that little insecurity that you just can't sweep away, then you have to follow your gut and you have to honor that tiny voice, you know, in your, in your conscience, that's telling you this isn't the dress. <laughs> So listen to that dress or listen to that dress, listen to that voice, even if it doesn't make sense. Okay. Take a couple, you know, take some time before you even start shopping, maybe before you even get out of the car and just take a few deep breaths, take a couple deep breaths and remember to listen to yourself, tune in, you know, have a quiet moment in the dressing room, maybe just with the stylist, maybe by yourself and, you know, listen to that tiny voice. Okay. Now I'm up to the final tip. Okay. <laughs> so the final tip is to plan ahead to avoid shoppers fatigue. And I can talk about shoppers fatigue, shoppers fatigue. Like this can be like a whole podcast episode. Cause I have lots of opinions about brides who over shop for their wedding dress. And then they get frustrated because they never find the perfect dress and they end up going to like 12 or 15 shops. You think I'm joking, but it totally happens. Okay. So anyway, I'll get into that in another episode. But for now, I want you to think about, you know, okay, you know, when you have a long day shopping in general, whatever you're shopping for, if you're like holiday shopping or you want that pair of shoes and you just get tired and cranky and you reach that threshold and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm done. I'm just going to order it online. (laughs) 
So you don't want to get to that point with your wedding dresses. So I would suggest if you are going to be shopping at multiple stores, again, I have mixed feelings about this too, but I will circle back to that at another episode. But if you're planning to um, shop around at different stores, I would limit yourself to two stores a day and plan for a lunch break before that. Okay. So before you get to your first stop, your first store, you want to have a little snack, have a good breakfast, get some coffee, make a day of it with your friends or whoever's shopping with you, with your shopping team of, you know, two to four friends, right? You're going to keep it nice and small. (laughs) And then in between dress shops, have a nice clean break, go get lunch somewhere, process what you just did, and then move on to one other dress shop. So if you have this pressure on yourself to, okay, there are eight stores that I want to go to and I got to get them all done in one weekend, you are not going to have fun. It's going to be really stressful. You're going to feel super rushed and you're always going to be thinking, okay, I really like this dress, but what if this next door has what I want? And it's going to be so hard for you to say yes to your dress because you're always going to be thinking of, well, what about the next door, the next door, the next door. So like I said, I'd love to chat more about that piece in itself because Uh, Yeah, I have strong opinions about that. But um, if you are shopping, if you have multiple shops that you want to go to, you know, to shop for your dress, limit it to two shops a day and have a lunch break in between. And I wouldn't have it be a weekend long shop, shop marathon. I would, you know, spread it out like, okay, this Saturday, we're going to go to two shops next Saturday. After I fly about it for a week, I'm going to go to these next couple shops or whatever. If you want to check out multiple dress boutiques. So what was that? Six tips total. I'm going to have uh, this entire list posted um, within the show notes. So you can download that and um, you can print it out and take it with you once you get that ring. So I hope for your sake that you get the ring this season, if you're waiting for it. (laughs) And if you just got one, congratulations, Uh, DM me. I'd love to hear all the details because I love talking about weddings, obviously. So my Instagram handle changed to Nadine.Bozeman. I changed that like maybe six months ago. I feel like it's easier for you to find me. So um, maybe not six months, three months. Anyways, those details we don't need to talk about. Also, if you're interested, I know I mentioned uh, my knits, hand knits and flannels. And if you're interested in those, there's a link on my Instagram for you to shop for that. Or you can hit my website, which is sweetfrancissewingcoat.com. And um, you can have all those goodies shipped to you. We also ship directly for gifting. So we can wrap the gifts, write a cute card, ship it off to your friends. So you don't have to go through the hassle of shipping this holiday season, which is crazy. I, um, my, some of my shipments are delayed because I was waiting for my boxes to get delivered. So the boxes alone took forever to get here. Okay. And then finally, bridal seamstresses, if you are listening or if you're watching, I'm so glad that you're here. And um, if you're interested in joining our membership for the month of November, we're going to be talking about building relationships between bridal shop owners and seamstresses. So oftentimes we're told, oh yeah, just drop off your business cards at, you know, the local bridal shop, and then they'll, you know, give, add you to their referral list. But I think it's really important to actually cultivate relationships and, you know, do that in a very genuine way where you can help and serve this um, bridal shop just as much as they are serving you by giving you their awesome clients, their beautiful brides. So this month we're going to be hearing from two women from two different areas of the country, you know, so we can hear both of their perspectives of what they expect of bridal seamstresses, um, how to build that trust and um, 
you know, what, what it takes to be put on a referral list with confidence. Okay. So they, you know, really trust you. It's going to be a, a great topic. And I think it's so important if you're at that point in your business where your clientele is building and you just want to create that great name for yourself and have a, a solid name for your business. Okay. Um, all right. So if you have any questions about that, of course, you can DM me at Nadine.Bozeman on Instagram, or you can reach out to the show notes. There's a contact and I'd love to hear from you. Okay. I hope this is helpful. Brides to be, um, just take a few deep breaths before you start shopping for your wedding dress. <laughs> all right, everyone have a great week and I will hopefully be here next Monday. Bye.